0: Welcome to our with Your podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. My name is Drew Brown. We're floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots. Rumble. Thanks for being here. We hope we all can learn something. We're going to try to entertain you a little bit. We're going to try to have some fun. We're going to try to learn and grow so we all can be happy. I really want to introduce to you my number one wingman. We call it wingman because we look out for each other. My number one wingman is Dr. Paul Thompson. Who's my main man? How are you, Paul? Welcome very, to season two.
0: I'm very good. Good morning, Mr. Drew. Good morning, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard from Mr. Drew Brown, Dark Gable, the American Dream. He's the man, the myth, the legend. He's a pilot's pilot, the role model's role model, and most importantly, his royal fullness. We hope you enjoy this podcast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, If you're looking at it on YouTube, hit that uh, thumbs up button. It would help us as we try to grow. Please share this with everybody you know, your friends, even share with people you don't like. It
1: might help. (laughs) How are you today? I'm doing great, man. We had a great conversation and I'm going to cut into it right now because this show is going to be great. And I look forward to doing it. We're going to be up to date now. We're going to try to do it. We're not going to try. We're going to do it weekly, and we'll have topics that are topical, more topical. So welcome to season two. Check this out. Good morning, Paul. (laughs) Morning, Mr. Drew. So I did this really good show in South Carolina, and I did it in a theater, I remember, because one of the side uh, stories is, you know, when they say break a leg, you ever heard that break a show business term? Do you have any idea what that means? Good luck. That's what I've heard. No, it means, I mean, I learned it there, I, and I learned it while I did plays, but it means that the curtains used to be held up on two stanchions that were called legs. Okay. And if you were really good, they manually picked up the curtain, dropped the curtain, picked up the curtain. If you were that good, they picked it up too many times, it broke a leg. Oh, really. And that's because your performance was that outstanding. So it must have happened one time with one of those legs, because that's what they would call broke. And then all of a sudden people say, Man, break a leg.
0: Well, that that I didn't know. I thought it was just good luck. Okay. But it kind of is, but you're in your makes
1: in sense though, doesn't it? Deep. it does. Yeah, you have to be a thespian to understand okay. that. Okay. Right. So anyway, I was at this theater where I learned that little Okay, Mr. Jewel. Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. I learned that little Jew. Oh. Thinking about Shakespeare, you know what somebody once told me? Mm-mm. That float like a butterfly, sting like a bee is known second only to Shakespeare's to be or not to be. As far cl- as I, can I can see
0: that. I can see that. I can see that. You need to work that in
1: somehow. I just did in the show okay. with taping. That's well, true, we are. Yes, I hope so. Okay. okay. I hope so. Okay. So, anyway, ready? I'm ready. I'm at the theater. This man gives me something that really was special to him. But I'm telling you right now, Paul, it is my most prized possession. And what it is, is I told you the other day, my favorite movie is glory, right? Yes. So the whole black civil wars thing really gets to me because that's why I put that American flag behind me. This is my country. They kiss my ass. If you really want to know truth, this is my country because of those men right there. So anyway, and I mean that more than anything, he gave me something he gave me a name tag of a black Civil War soldier. Now, why is that so important? It's a silver name tag, like on a silver medallion. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not pretty, but it's, it is. Well, white soldiers, it was the same name tag that white Civil War soldiers had. When you died, they knew who you were. Black soldiers, had they put paper. They stuck a piece of paper on, your, on their lapel and, and pinned it. They didn't have uh, name tags. Mm -hmm. this um, slave owner freed his slave, this black guy. And I should know his name and I have his paper somewhere, but he was a sergeant and he freed him. And as a gift for entering the civil war, he gave him a name tag. And I have that. So that's a great story, isn't it? And I've been thinking about giving it to the Um, African American museum and, you know, Anyway, it's my most prized possession because Mm -hmm. it accentuates everything I talk about. Everything. You know, I hate to say this, but good people help black people become free. Harriet Tubman, Freedom Train. Those Mm -hmm, were white mm -hmm. people's houses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those weren't black folks' condos. Right. So anyway, let's get From Ohio up through Boston. So you tell me what I do with this. Drew, I just got this. This morning. I know it's been a while since I last talked to you about the Massachusetts pin. If you have kept up on my Facebook posts the past week, you can see that I had a setback with my illness. Unfortunately, things have gotten worse. That being said, I would love to put that pin that I dug back in my collection of the 54th Massachusetts Relic. I would gladly pay a premium for it. And then he says, also, my stepson is serious about a young lady whose name is I have met and spoken to her father, who is a retired colonel from the Air Force. He also flew for FedEx and says that he knows you. His son also flies for FedEx. Small world. Thank you again for your time and your consideration. Be well. When he wants to put it back in his collection, this is part of my history. This is not part of my collection. This is one Mm -hmm. of the most important things that I own because a man freed another man. And remember, who knows if you and I were white? Back then, would we have a couple slaves? We just don't, don't try to be so fancy schmancy with who we are in this world. If we were white back then, the people that we are, who knows? That's not my point. The point is, I have something from an era that I think is my real history. People talk about Africa. I talk about the Civil War, black soldiers who were goddamn slaves and fought for this country. What do you think is he
0: he, about 30 years ago he gave this to you? How long ago did he? Yes. Give this? Yes. And he's asking for a back. I mean, what if you didn't have it? What if you already
1: donated? it? I don't know. Mm. So what's your opinion? I don't want to lie either. You know, I'm past the lie point. I'm past I'm past saying I donated to the Smithsonian mm. or to the African-American slash black um, history museum in D.C.,
0: well it's interesting i think it's a it's a different uh both of you have different outlooks on things he's talking about a collection like a stand collection coin collection which is which is very personal certainly very personal yes you're taking it it's very personal but you're you're taking it a, gift. It a, much, a much higher level
1: it, matter he, of fact i think I might have paid for it too i mean
0: i mean how would you even know it existed i mean
1: did he offer it or well you know, i guess he's kept up with my you know, I'm a little bit public for on Facebook. I He asked me if I ever checked, you know, if I kept up on his Facebook page. Are you kidding? I don't even keep up on Facebook.
0: You're yeah, right. right. Let alone
1: right, your page. Right. Right. He's I'm going he, to assume he's an older person. Yes. OK. You know what he told me, though? It was the funniest joke I ever heard. I said, you know what? You guys need to get off it. The Confederate flag thing. You're mm-hmm. lost. Do you understand? You got beat. You're a loser. You know what he told me? Oh. Uh, uh. We still just waiting on supplies. Okay, that's a little um, that was, uh, Ayatollah-ish response. It, 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 yes, and it shut me up. This okay. uh and you know, he said as a joke, yeah. but the way he said it, like, oh, we lose, we waiting on supplies. And you know what? Think about what that joke is. They just might be, maybe, but. You know, I'm going to go
0: go go a little bit past that. Is that everything that seems to be wrapped up in the 50s? The world is a bigger place, and it's a smaller place too. And the reality is that as the society, it's it's sort it's sorting itself out. It's always sorted itself out. You're picking winners and losers, and color and white and non-white. That's a more complicated equation now than it might have been three two hundred years ago. Or or 50 years ago or 60 years ago. I could see that when I walked to the doctor's office here. You know, when I was in the hospital, I'm in what 35 miles south of downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. When I had to go to the hospital where I had my surgery. The last time I was there for almost a month, you know, and down in the in the basement, the radiology area, where it's real serious. I, it was like a United Nations from the from the people to everybody that service me it was a combination of everything i'm thinking about uh, about five countries five or six so you said well we're going to go back to hey, you can go back to whatever you want to go back to but there are aspects of of the you know parts of the united states that look a lot like new york city on a given block and i'll give, and I'll give you another one and this one happened about what, about 3 years ago 4 years ago and sit in the town square in the town that i'm in technically which you call this town I tell people I live in the Atlanta area. I'm I'm you know 30 miles south. But there was this big Caribbean Day festival. And we saw this thing online or whatever and Kim said, "Hey, let's go." And it's it was not far. It's 12 minute drive. So uh-huh. we go down there. And it's from all over the Caribbean. It's not Jamaica, it's all these islands you don't even think of. They're all there. The music is going and it's from different kinds of reggae and stuff that I'm not familiar with. It's not it's not just Jamaica. It's, it more no, it's more than
1: island, and it's got yeah. It, yeah I know the kind of I know the kind of music you were listening to. Yeah. It's a little rough.
0: This is rough, and he's got John Carew and thisaru and Adaru, and they had live performance.
1: Really yeah. right.
0: wow. some of that. Yeah, it was like that. And this is so and so from so and so and so and so from Grenada and all this stuff. Okay, fine. Now, and they had all We really went there for the food so they got all the food out there you can buy it and we even saw a uh a friend kind of a family friend uh the son went to the same school that camille went to same high school and he was he's attorney and he was doing stuff and all of a sudden we looked i see your your camera went away Your i know
1: i know okay, i'm okay. coughing okay I okay I'm coughing so i didn't want to cough on camera okay so I put it away
0: okay you just hit mute too but anyway uh you know, the thing was it was going good and they're making these announcements and all these people there. And I'd say there's probably a couple of thousand people (laughs) in the square here. And there. and the thing I noticed, I was standing near a big obelisk, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like right at a traffic circle and they shut down the traffic. So you're kind of walking in areas that you'd normally be driving around. You wouldn't walk there. And I just kind of looked up at this thing and had a little, uh, uh, a plate in front of it, inscription of this. And, and it was actually a Confederate war memorial. And I read through the whole thing. This is General Sonset. I said, McDonald did this. That, that. And I looked at this, and I and I pointed out to camera she looked at it. And said, this is a big Civil War thing. And I, said, and I said, yeah, but look who is here. Look who's here. Do, does anybody care? No. Do they know? No. Would it change anything if they read this? No, it's beyond that. So if you want to get into, you know, mistreating people based on rules you had back then, you've actually got to mistreat a whole lot more people, technically speaking. Those who are here, those who are Asian, some of them are mighty dark. Look at this anti-Semite attack yesterday. I saw that in Times Square. Five or six people beat up a Jewish guy
1: with a yarmulke on.
0: Yeah, I watched I watched it live, and it's that kind of opportunistic uh, 2001 kind of thing. Remember 2001 at the Space Odyssey, where this, a big obelisk appeared, and the chimpanzees are. throwing I watched bones? it.
1: It was very boring to me, and I could not finish it. I, it, I, it. After three times, I saw the whole thing. But anyway, at the very
0: beginning, because <laughs> that's, that's what I remember at the very beginning. <laughs> that's why obelisk- you and I work. The obligation appears and they come and they touch it and they go away. They're not sure what it is. When they're attacking this guy, there's some of these guys. I mean, this was not the UFC enough like that. Those that, that, that was a crime of opportunity. A lot of them would hit him and run away, like real quick. Oh this yeah. Is, this is not it wasn't Ali Frazier.
1: You no, know, it was a, a bunch of it stuff. It was it was a bunch of bitches beating a helpless man. And that's and that's the that's 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 nice way to put it As women or dogs. Right, right. And I'm not kidding. Really, it was disgusting. They hit him and ran away, kicked and, ran away. Him and ran away and came back and got a little more like goddamn hyenas. You know, that's how a hyena eats. He'll eat yeah. some and run away in case somebody wants some of that meat, finish it and go back and get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gan- gangsters a little, a gangsters a little higher on a lot higher on the
1: scale. See, so let's go again now. Is it black and white or is it just hate? This is perfect. But let's get back to my little Civil War thing. Can you tell me what you think about that? What? I mean, because I want to say what I just said to you, that this is part of my history, almost like it's not part of a collection. It's not something that I, I, I want to I, pass. I think you want to pass th- it down to a lot of people, right, to yeah, Americans.
0: And in that case, you know, it's, it's your American history its beyond, you know, it's my history. It's like well, it's the country's history and you want to pass it on to the country
1: in general. And that, yes, can be I do. That's what I, I didn't say. I didn't say black people. I want, see, I don't believe in, I don't believe in uh learning black history. That's bullshit. It is history. It's history is what it is. And everybody needs to listen to it. Not black people. You know, when they do, when the history we learned is not called white history. It's just called history. That's well, true. our history is history. And it's what really makes this country great. And the problem is that just like somebody that we might know that has been famous, that just was famous and whatever, um, you um, can't be wrong. You know, I don't want to write down the bad stuff I did, but the bad stuff you did is how you learn to get better. Every time you did something wrong, you should have learned to get better. So those times of struggles are times of growth. So what that, you know, it's like, You're looking at a white person saying what you did. That son of a gun didn't do nothing, nothing. He did nothing. Lucky he wakes up and goes to his job every day. We got to get out of this mindset, I'm saying. That's our history. And if white people don't learn that history, they won't appreciate it. If they don't learn about Ray Charles, if they don't learn about the blues, if they don't learn that, how do you expect them to know? How do you expect them to know all those people that they taught us about were slave owners? Are you joking? I didn't know that. So anyway, that gets part of that. What should I tell them about the medallion? You know what? Remember, he said keep coming back to the subject. I swear, I'm trying to wrangle us back into that subject.
0: Well, you know, you can, you can, can, it's, 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 it's being donated to. You tell them it's being donated to the African American History Museum in
1: DC. I plan on doing it. I don't know when. I don't know how my children might do it. But that's where I would like it to end up in the hands of Americans. Yeah. And not in the actually, 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 I wish we could do it to the Smithsonian. You might be able to. I never thought about it. You see, that's another one of my statements, like African-American. Get a slice of the African-American pie. You know, the American pie. I tell mm-hmm. people I don't want a slice of the African American pie of the American pie called the African American slice. I want to own this goddamn bakery. Mm-hmm. You know, you have different thoughts. Remember, Chris Rock said he was talking to somebody. He says I ain't been to jail. You ain't supposed to be in jail. At least I take care of my kids. Well, you want a biscuit? You want right. a cookie? <laughs> That's right. You know, people want congratulations for doing the right thing. Another subject that I'll throw in there. It's very, we've talked about this before. It's really hard to be a father of an adult child. It's really, really hard. They go through the same things, I guess, we went through. Everybody goes through something different. But okay. I really look back on my period with my dad and my mom. I never, I, I, I used the N word, never. I don't think I ever said that I had regrets. But as I get older, I have a little bit more regrets for not spending more time with my parents. And I kind of want to tell my kids that that's gonna probably happen. Mm. I just want to tell my son sometimes don't don't miss out on this daddy time, but he's so busy. he's a spine surgeon, I mean he's working trying to make a name for himself like I did. I was out to sea, so thats right yeah right you know you 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 were doing something I know uh, I know, but I'm just sensitive now. It's right. hard being a parent of an adult child, and yet you still need to do it. so I heard something great that I want to pass on, then I want to hear. What you have to say, you have to stop pushing and start nudging.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. You know, in maybe a little influence as opposed to something a little more heavy-handed. And one thing that's important too is that there are, without mentioning a certain city that we're familiar with, there's some people
1: who would never leave home.
0: <laughs> Wait they're a minute. it could be
1: any city time. in the country. Right. Okay. That's Harlem. True. You wonder. I know somebody never left my block in Harlem. Right. Yeah, Second yeah. Street, they might have gone on the train and got up from the station, did some, got back in the train, and went back. Maybe, but they maybe. never neighborhooded right. anywhere. Yeah, else. I mean, I
0: know folks in New York. They think going going west is like New Jersey. Right, that's and I'm right. I mean, literally. I mean, that's I swear west. To God. Right, that's it. That's it. International everything trip. city. Everything's a city, and you don't need anything else. A lot of right. times, that's kind of true. It's not, but it, but it seems that way. They don't know. They haven't been anywhere. They haven't been away from home. Uh it's they're they're contained by maybe the interstate that goes around the city or this neighborhood and that neighborhood. And you can just spend like 50, 60, 70 years doing that. You know, with you know, with with parents or with this, with that. And you never really see parts of the world that you see, you don't even see the United States. You don't even
1: see your state. You don't even see your city, really.
0: First New, New York. I've never been
1: to Paul. Is this true? There are people who have grown up in Spanish Harlem and Chinatown who speak only Spanish and Chinese and have been there 30, 40, 50, 60 years because my babysitter's mother is from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and they grew up here. I right. mean, th- their whole life. They're American girls. Right. I mean, they're grown women now. But point is, she still only speaks Spanish. Right. She speaks the same amount of English as she did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, in Chinatown, there are places that have everything written in Chinese. I mean, yeah. business with Chinese. Parts of flushing like that. Wait, right here, Mexicans, right here where we live, there are Mexican communities that still don't know English. They have not egratiated themselves. Was that a good word? Into I never heard
0: of egratiated. I've heard of ingratiated. But-
1: That's why I asked you, yeah.
0: Dr. Paul. But I'd use use a different word. I would say they they
1: haven't learned English. Okay. I'm
0: not a doctor.
1: Okay. But you can play one on TV. See, that's very important, though. You know, going off on another subject. You know what flying really taught us? Remember, it wasn't that if you made a mistake, it was if you caught your mistake. Because if you caught your mistake, that means you knew what you were doing. That's really important to hear. It's not the guy who memorized the goddamn switch. It's the guy who hit the wrong switch and said, "Wow!" And the systems went through his head, and said, "Oh shit!" Yeah,
0: right. Something happened. No, why is it doing that? Oh,
1: anyway, you're 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 correct. There are places in America, Mm -hmm. and unless you and guess where they have traveled? The television set, cable TV. Oh, they've traveled all right. Right. Whether they're buying homes, you know, the uh, homes of the rich and famous or um, pimp my ride or you know sixty minutes the murder I swear you could get scared in your own home you don't even live in Oklahoma. Right, right right right
0: you know and, and I can say and it's not to not to pick on anybody and I've been privileged to be in a position where you know all of my adult life I was either required to or paid to travel to make a living for for decades and decades and decades. Thank you so buddy. I'm not I'm not I'm not making I'm not making a comparison. I'm not I'm not doing it now. But just to go, just to be aware that something exists and to try. So if your kids are around you all the time, they actually wouldn't get, in certain ways, they wouldn't get to grow. And you might not get In, to grow certain, ways, in certain
1: ways? That's why they become A-holes at 16, 17, 18. It's exactly the time they need to go away from college. If your kids were giving you slippers, handing you the paper, doing the dishes and everything at 718, 1718 making your life simple. You probably wouldn't be so happy to see him go. Hey, you can what guys want to go around school here. But because they get the way they are, I believe in that. Cuz when they when my kids went went off to college, it was time for them to go off to college. See you later. Right, right, right.
0: Well, you know, when you know and
1: like my you know, my my son's here,
0: you know, he went to school nearby. You know, when I needed technical support, he was technical support. So since he's gone outside the country, I've had to
1: learn a lot of stuff. Which oh. I well, wouldn't now, know. Now you Dr. have Doing this. Now you have FaceTime and Zoom, Paul. No more excuse. That's true. But and you know, have me. What about me? Your main wingman.
0: Well, between you and the Ayatollah, yes. Yes. Because yes. he's oh, the okay. knower of all yeah. things. Okay, part- you. So
1: actually, you're, you're flying in a formation of three. Yes. Wow. That's pretty good because you got your left and your right. Yes. And that yes. is true. I'd rather have somebody with me than not. That's a good analogy right there. That's you true. actually want more than one wingman because sometimes your wingman needs a yeah. wingman. Yeah, he goes down. That, or he's looking so much after you. He ain't looking after himself. That's right. You know what? Let's talk about this. How about this COVID shot? First of all, they're saying you may need a booster. Okay. And second of all, all those people who didn't get a vaccine, they're going to restrict overseas travel. They're going to restrict cruise lines. They're going to restrict a lot of things unless you have a vaccine. So do you think these people who were so against vaccines are going to get a vaccine? Or do you think they're going to go and try to get a fake um, ID card?
0: Well, I think the people who are like, really broke and can't afford to go anywhere. It won't affect them. But for those who want to go do something,
1: Damn. they'll That's grumble crazy. and eventually probably do it. That was, that was poignant, Paul. That's most of them are ones who are, are travel by cable. You You're know not going you anywhere. Right. No, they travel by cable, cable TV. Yeah. We, we all, we that. I think we all, we all do. We all do. No, you and I have experienced the real thing, and we know mm-hmm. how to we know how to decipher between what's real and what's not real. Do you understand the media? You actually also have to be in these places they talk about to say that's BS. That's not how it is. Of oh, true, 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 true. You know, and if you think about it, Paul, truly, this nation has now grown up on television. You know, re- realize this. This is just psychological. You learn only what you know, only what you hear, only what you see. You don't learn other things right unless you read about it or you're taught about it. And right. I didn't know this Isis, they don't let their kids read so they can teach them the Quran and they don't read the Quran. but that's off on a whole nother subject. okay. okay. But if that's what you're influenced by, not only now are you influenced by all these movies, television shows, I was. I wanted my family, god dang it, to be Leave It to Beaver. And it was not. Right. And it I was disappointed. Exist. It didn't
0: exist. It, it, right. The, I was it,
1: actually too old for the Bill Cosby thing, but mm-hmm. the Cosby family was a cool ass family. How come my family didn't do all that? Boobity boop, right. boobity right. beep. Right. Right. Okay. So, anyway, so what you do is you judge yourself against something that looks really good. And the truth is envy. That's one of the eight deadly sins. So I wrote for envy, the grass is greener on the other side because it's astroturf. It's fake. It's There's fake, no right? Bill Cosby. Don't be disappointed at Bill. You don't know Bill. Gel on my ass. That's a that's an act. He's a comedian. He's an actor. Right. Do people not you don't know Tiger Woods? Don't right. be disappointed. Right. So, but they re- you know, a lot of people think that they know these people because they see them on television so much. Right. And, and it's it's such
0: a convincing performance. You think you know them. This is their whole life. It's a performance. It's time. They have to they have to go to the bathroom and stuff. Like that. When's the last time you saw Captain Kirk go to the restroom?
1: When's the Didn't last really time be- you've seen a president scratch his butt? Oh
0: not that I When is the last
1: I've- time you ever seen like a president with toilet paper on his shoe walking up a flight of stairs? Uh, about about a year and a half ago or so. Okay, that can happen. But we can they, can they can they can video that out if they wanted to. Correct. And you're telling me you don't have somebody with you that runs up there and says stop. We do it again. You know what? Somebody had no wingmen. Right. And that was the problem. You realize that? Somebody we know who is real important in this country flew solo. Did what he wanted, when he wanted, how he wanted. Had no, he hadn't had no Bundini, had nobody that came up to him and said, Look, I don't care if you don't like me no more, but this is how it is. This is what you should do. Yeah. There's certain things you would not let me do, Paul. Do and some understand? people, were,
0: so, and, yeah, and also, you know, talk about this, some people are also self taught. And I'm thinking of Chief uh, Alfred Anderson or the Tuskegee Airmen, you know, who taught that he taught himself to fly because nobody else would. I think he crashed a few times. <laughs> but
1: uh it
0: was pretty cool I, I met him one time That's incredible came, came to memphis he was like in his well into his 80s at the time still very sharp telling jokes and it's hard to realize you know he looked at he didn't look that much older than the rest of us this. this was like half my life ago and he was just cracking jokes and realizing you know, he was flying with eleanor roosevelt and, and the secret service went crazy when she jumped what in, yeah yeah she she jumped in the plane and they took off and flew around
1: and landed, and uh, he taught himself. You know what? I have a new hero. It used to be Mickey Mantle. Did you know Mickey Mantle was the only man that I have ever asked for an autograph from? Because I grew up with Ali and all of them and just met so many famous people that it was like, if you if you know a famous person and you want to make like you know him, don't ask him for his autograph. So these are people like I thought I knew anyway. Um, I asked Mickey Manor for his autograph and a side note. After that, he became real and it just did. It was much better than fantasy. That's something. Drew loves LeBron James so much. He said "Dad, if you meet him, please don't don't introduce him to me. Because when you do meet your idol, believe it or not, a lot of the shine knocks off. Not if they do anything bad. They're Mm -hmm. just a real person. Right,
0: right. We go from image to uh, a person and. He sees people all the time.
1: Correct. So, what was I talking about? What person? Um, oh, my new idol. I'm sorry. Mickey Mantle. D- D- right. D- see what I did? I made a mistake. I asked the question. I'm not ashamed. I like myself. So, uh-huh. don't I make mistakes. Anyway,
0: well, that's, what, that's, what, that's the directors do. Let's do it again. Like, you know, the some of the scenes and the best scenes in the most famous movies have been accidents. Correct. Something like, you know, this is Sparta. That took him like a couple of days to get right. And he just, they were joking. And he said, okay, that's it. Do it like that. Wow. You know, it just happens. You know, Jack, here's Johnny. That's not in the script. Right. And it worked out.
1: Okay. I forgot again what I was talking about. My Your idol. idol. <laughs> that was a joke that time. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to make you laugh. You're a hard audience, but that's okay. I'll keep okay. working at it. So here it is. My new idol is a 107 year old black woman from Oklahoma who was talking about those riots and
0: how, how they massacre. devastated.
1: Yes. But you remember my new saying is I have 34 more years, 34 more summers. I'm going for hundred. This woman has the bonus. She's the person I now look up to not Mickey Mantle anymore. He's dead and gone. I now want, no, it's not being hundred years old. I don't want to be a hundred years old. Don't know where the hell I am. Cause it's no use being there. I want to be popping. So you won't be able to testify before Congress. I don't want to have to testify before Congress. Actually, well, you want the ability to. I ready. want the ability to. Yes. They you know, to maybe I, I do. I want to talk about how how far we've come as a nation and as a people, because I do believe in this country. And you know how I know God's with us because those white people could have wrote we the white people, but they blew it and said we the people. Never forget that. I'm no, not n, no more n words. Don't ever forget that one. That's the truth. Well, what they didn't consider black people, black people, so they weren't talking about black people. Right, 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 right. Well, the the, I'm the telling we, you, that's where Shorty.
0: you're not well. You're not a people. So, well, I'm
1: not. saying, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said Shorty must have came in, and that's kind of little things like that. That's a big one right there. It would have been a hard ass time if it said we the white people tied down. Who knows where we would have grew up because we'd have been one of them immigrants getting out out just like the people in Honduras. We'd be boop, out that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, if you and I had a family in these countries that everybody looks down upon, you know, <laughs> the South American, Central American, yeah. you know, if we had our family and they were killing people, you know, all little black asses be right here, too. Mm-hmm. you guys you do, everybody's, everybody's going to go to the area of safety versus you do i mean you do realize that you do realize if we had to we drop our kids over the fence to save mm-hmm. their lives and so when people, i people want people that. to understand they really need to think about the stuff that they're making judgments on i don't think, I don't think that's going to happen i don't think that's going to happen i didn't say it was going to happen i was trying to say that all those people who make judgment on the People from Central and South America coming up here and illegal immigrants. I'm just saying you need to think that if it was your family, you'd be one of them. If you cared about your family Mm -hmm. or you'd be in a gang or you'd be dead, Mm -hmm. it's not like you had a choice or you'd have a job that wasn't in the choices. Mm -hmm. That's why they're leaving. They're not leaving because they want to come to America. They're leaving because they have to get out or die. It's very simple.
0: Also, some of they say they're leaving for climate change.
1: <laughs> they can't.
0: That's nothing's... not
1: true. In Central America, they don't even have hurricanes. You're saying those poor people care about climate change?
0: No, no. Well, they, well, they can't grow their crops because the climate change. The, the yeah. rainfall, the rainfall has changed. So
1: that means their crops. Are they eating just their crops? Or are you talking about big farmers? I think these
0: are small farmers. They've been unable to make a living. The farms are drying up. In some place, I'm not sure
1: which one. I would imagine. Well, I'm not making fun of it, but Uh. all of those kids are not farmers. All those kids we have in, you know what? Another thing. How about this one? Just off the cup. I just traveled to Austin, and I saw it last night. This homeless situation is crazy. The homeless people have almost taken over downtown Austin. And guess what? The city bought them tents. They have really nice tents but they're everywhere and there's a law coming up. I'm not sure about it, but they're supposed to all leave at the end of the month or something. But Paul, it's not just there in LA. You should see it. They're all along the beach. What if you had a business in front of that beach? Mm -hmm. No, really?
0: I heard there's a, uh, uh, what the uh, Paul Hogan, he was the actor in crocodile Dundee and he's got a house. I think it's in Venice beach. And as he said, it's fortified like a fortress because it's full of homeless. And he's talking about going back to Australia. I'm
1: going to show it on the video that people watch here with us. Some of those images. What do you do with that? What do you do with those people? Because it's not homeless. A lot of them do not have the mental capacity. So now they're making homes for them. Also, I saw on it. And each little unit costs like five hundred and thirty six thousand dollars. It's a self-contained little mini house, two beds, air conditioning, plumbing, shower that you can live in, a homeless little condo. 500. And th- That's what they said. Who knows okay. what? Probably true. I'm Maybe. just saying with all this and that, it's very permanent. It's for you it's like a really nice jail cell with windows and a door, basically. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's,
0: uh, well, I look at the homeless in Atlanta. I haven't been downtown lately, but at times
1: it was, it was thick. What a, I'm just saying, what, how about all those white people in the homeless? They just don't go to the white people meetings, huh? They probably don't even get the newsletter. You know, that white people make it in this country and black people don't. That newsletter. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I saw plenty of homeless in uh Gee, Portland and Seattle. When I saw them, that was a long time ago, and they were. No. In fact, I saw one of them. It was like, she was she had striking, striking blue eyes, and uh, I'd see her every once in a while walk around Seattle, and then one day I saw her picture on the cover of USA Today, the newspaper. She looked like there was a uh, famous picture of a, an Afghan woman a long time ago who was like a little girl, uh huh, wearing red or whatever, had very very piercing eyes. And this woman in Seattle is similar. Wow. Some photographer
1: saw it. I said, I, "I saw her last week." You know, it's the same. Remember that guy in Seattle? Was it Seattle on NBC? He was a homeless guy, but he had that voice. I think it was someone in California. He was a singer in California. Okay, it was in California. He had that voice. They brought him on. He got a job and everything. And I truly believe he screwed up again. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He, he ended up back where he was. I. I've helped people like that. It's very disheartening. Katrina and I have had kids. We've put them right to college. Apartments, boom, job, money, everything, applications in the in the school. This girl didn't even go to school. She got all D's. If she would have told the truth, we could have told her to at least get incompletes. But mm-hmm. I mean, we I've done it two or three times. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard thing to hear. You know, people who can't make it, it has nothing to do with what you give them. It has nothing to do with what you give them. You got to remember, we come from Harlem and let yet, you know, we grew up in this great country. Yes, there were a-holes who tried to stop us. There were racist bastards. And guess what? We smoked them because this is America still. And we're fighting for people who don't have educations like us and who can't smoke them. God dang it. If a cop, first of all, listen to this. It's real important, Paul. You have to not be a criminal in order to hear this statement. Okay. You can't be doing something wrong and hear this statement. You can't use this. You can't have a warrant out for your arrest for murder and use what I'm about to tell you, but I don't care who pulls you over. If you're respectful and nice and don't give them anything to grab onto and you haven't done anything wrong, the chances are very, very small that you're going to get hurt. Do you understand that? And I'm not telling you to do anything bad. I'm just saying, under the circumstance, when a cop or cops, plural, pull you over, they can kill you, they can beat you. They can put you in jail, and they can make your life a living god dang hell. Common sense says to remove yourself as quickly as possible from this present situation. How else can I tell you that? That's what I train my kids to do, and I don't even have to tell them to do that. I Mm -hmm. taught them to have common god dang sense. Right, Right. You have to look at the options, Paul. It's not a dude who you can fight. You know, maybe you win, maybe you lose. That's not what we're doing here. You know, nobody's punking you out in the street in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Remember when you were a kid, you had to size them up. You know, right, you right, had to right, right, get right. Beat up, right. You know, Those right. sort little of old big old kids. You kind of kind. Of, okay, man, I'm good. But when you had a kid your size, and you said, "Shoot, let's go." It's even. It's even. But well, you know, and you fought for thirty seconds and then talked a lot. But you start playing right after. Typically. No, did I ever tell you about my fight? I Which was one? in sixth grade. Richard Bayron, Daddy just started training Cassius Clay. So I thought I was a little fighter. He actually became my best friend. Um, so he called me out for the schoolyard. Let's go, let's go dog. So I said, you know, you know, your friend, it's an actual show. We were out in at the schoolyard by the flagpole. My friend holds my jacket. His get friends hold his jacket. There's a crowd. A lot of our friends, remember this, Paul? Ooh, ooh. Oh, yes, that was standard. That buddy, was standard. Buddy. Go, go, right. go, buddy. So you had that. It was like an arena. You were on. And I was dancing. I was like, you know, fading, throwing jabs. You know, no, no there was no actual physical contact yet. Okay? Mm-hmm. Throwing, fading jabs. And then it was just about to get on. I threw a punch, and he slapped me right in my mouth. But I was trying to be Cassius Clay, so I was biting my lip like this. Remember, he used to do that. Mm-hmm. Like when he talked, I was like, and he slapped me in the mouth, and I bit on my lip. I swear to God, I think I had the scars still. I bit on my lip, and blood was everywhere. Mm. And as soon as I went to go, remember, it didn't hurt. You didn't have a in no, I was. That bashing. might be different. That might that might have impact. That wasn't part of the. That wasn't part of. That was the part of. it. What's that? Yeah. No, you know, hold the jacket, have the friend. I don't remember the mouthpiece. So anyway, so <laughs> blood went everywhere, and I was about to rock him. And as soon as I threw a punch, Mister Garcia grabbed my hand. Fight was over. He kicked my ass. Period. There's no coming out of it. You saw what he did to Buddy? Man, blood was everywhere. They were bowling. You know, that little fight became, you know, it was was a big L in my fight category. Mm -hmm. But no kidding, him and I became best friends for so long. And this is when we're in fourth, fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry to say um, he um, committed suicide, believe it or not. And, you know, that's a bad thing to say, but I want to do something with our newsletter, Paul. I want to put suicide hotlines down. I want to put drug and alcohol hotlines down. Just 800 numbers. There are people out there who have problems, but there is help. You just got to be able to call and ask for it. Anyway, that's my little fight story. You got a wingman story? Yeah, I got a wingman story.
0: My wingman today is going to be the uh, one only known as the Ayatollah. No way. Ayatollah. All right, Ayatollah, he's, he's, he's a highly controversial figure. He lives in an undisclosed location. He's still <laughs> around. He'll probably be watching this. He knows who he is. Anyway, the Ayatollah, I met the Ayatollah uh, when I went off to college. I was 18. Next year, I've known him 50 years. Wow. A few months from now, I've known him for half a century. And he basically became part of my family uh when i left home i went to a place that uh school i didn't know anybody i just i was admitted i got in i went there and i find myself you know in, in pennsylvania not knowing anyone not knowing anything what school uh university of pittsburgh university of pittsburgh and i'm there and i show up and i go to the orientation i do what i'm supposed to do and I sit with a, a group of folks, not knowing anybody, and we, uh, maybe, maybe you call us misfits or whatever, but we just bonded. We just bonded <clears throat> and stayed together through school. At the time, uh, in the engineering program, there were there were probably, I guess, there were, I'd say there were about 50 black freshmen, between 35 and 50 of us. Out of how many? Hmm? Out of how many? Probably four hundred. Yeah, probably thirty, maybe, maybe, maybe twenty-five to thirty-five out of out of four hundred or five hundred or so. We're in the sample. Okay. When I with those people, when I when I graduated, that five hundred number was probably about two fifty. And of the black students that were there, there was one to my left and one to my right. I told Paul that's not a good ratio. That's not a good ratio. I told to the left, and my my dearly departed roommate now, who was to my right, they were part of the three that that we bonded over the years. You know, the 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 uh, attrition rate was really 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 high over time. Really, after the first semester it was it was probably about seventy percent. But the thing is that you know I knew nobody there, and I lived in the dorms. Essentially, you know, his family became my family, you know, and they basically adopted me, took care of me, and other people, too. Uh, never really recognized his parents. They're, they've passed on now. And uh, I regret that. It just kind of really kind of came to me uh, just, just a few years ago. I said, you know, here are the people that didn't know you from Adam. You're from New York City, whatever. You show up, you're your son's friend and i'm basically kind of living at the house i'm living at the house they asked nothing of me uh i was always respectful They were always respectful. they were friendly and that kind of that kind of camaraderie even with adults is something i think is really really missing now we're more suspicious you got a lot of shaky people we bring somebody home like who's this
1: oh yeah. yeah it's like yeah looking at them and you got to Go to CIA and do it. An you want to know something? It's definitely as I was. That's not true, Paul. That's not true. If Cameron true. or Camille brought somebody home, Drew and Tarrant did it all the time. They came right in the family, right in. You can feel, you can feel a kid or other people who are really good and they just happen to go in. The problem is they're far and few between. But still, there are still good people, and oh, this, you and this, I still believe in people.
0: There's plenty of good people, and I, and I and I know plenty of them. The thing is that uh, with the, the modern world, if the modern world was today, you know, back then, 50 years ago, as it is today, uh,
1: I think I'd probably been screened a little bit more just for self-preservation. Correct. But don't you think this has happened throughout the... The, the length of history, time. I think so. Your I think parents so. said that about you. Their parents said that about them. And it was the same feeling. Was, you know, the only problem is now that our fads were afros, clothes, things you can change. The fads now are permanent. These tattoos, the piercings. These are things that in 30 years, when you change your mind, you still have that big spider web on your neck. I I think that's a a money-making thing for tattoo removal when you get like 40 or 50. Well, I've looked into it. I've looked into it because Trina has a license, but you have to be a doctor to do it, and it does not always work. And while we're on that subject, can you tell me what dark-skinned people, why they put on tattoos with blue ink that you can't see, and then you actually think they have scars on their body? There's no reading of the Bible verses that they have put all over their body. Yeah. Can you explain that? I, I th- don't have white ink tat- for tattoos.
0: You know, I I I can't I can't explain it. I just my position is I've never seen anyone whose appearance has been enhanced
1: by a tattoo. Period. What about like a bone through their nose? How about those? You know the the loops? Because Trina and I have one. Balls down, balls up. You ever see the ones that look like bull rings? I've that's seen balls that. up. And then they have one that it goes through the nose, but the balls are down. Those, I, that's, go, that's balls down. Going through, I,
0: I don't want balls, nothing. I've, I've, I've had two major surgeries. I don't want no cutting
1: and nothing going in anything. Right now, if I knew how to do Come Photoshop, on. I swear I'd put up a picture of you. With uh, some piercings and balls down. Well, you, OK, Photoshop,
0: you can do anything.
1: OK. And you can, and I just and would love the people to see it. Your, your dog could be doing it. But if you want to put instead of let's a tattoo. Let's talk about Ayatollah again. All right. Because let's really talk about this man. Because okay. I have a similar, and he's a very good friend of mine. Very good. I'll call him Mikey Mouth for right now. But anyway, they have very similar point of views towards black people. Let's be totally honest. They are really disappointed. And a lot of the people who look like us and have grouped them into the real other N word and really mean it, mm-hmm. really mean it, because I think they're truly disappointed on how some of us and it's not us. God dang it. How some black people act and they think that it's perceived on them by white people which it is, who sit in their house, who haven't been out of their county, and they look at these people on TV, and they look at Ayatollah and say, damn, y'all are the same. Mm -hmm. I had my uniform on and had a white lady, I swear to God, you know, push down her lock on the car door when I walked in front of her car Mm -hmm. with my naval uniform on. I I get that all the time. So Ayatollah and, and Mikey Mouth do not like you know, it's like Chris Rock's thing. We have black people versus niggas. Mm-hmm. I, I said it one time. I don't know if we'll cross it out or not. You know what I did hear a comedian say? You ain't taking away the one right I have. I can say nigga anytime I want, and you can't.
0: That's a, that's a part of our in- insanity, but that that's another subject. That's been.
1: No, it's not even used anymore as that word. It's just like dope. You have. Aren't things dope now, right? Yes. Okay, dope's not a word for that. Dope is what I used to say. If you, Why do you think they call it dope?
0: Dope. dope.
1: Now everything's dope or stupid. Man, pastor, that, that shirt is stupid. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is, they Type Black dope. people, especially young Black people, have taken that word and have changed the whole meaning. And another thing is, I heard this comedian, I listen to comedy now. I went, why not laugh? I swear, Paul, this is funny. He said, he was talking, he was on stage and he was looking at white people. He said, I need y'all to know something. Not only do we call each other niggas, we call y'all niggas too. Like this. Did you see them niggas at work trying to mess with my check? Now, you know who we're talking about. We're not talking about black people. We talking about you. So just like you talk about us behind our back, we talk about you behind your back and you a nigga too.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's a little bit of a Dave Chappelle there, and also Dick Gregory. Oh Dick Gregory. yeah, I listened to it. You know, he he talked the same way. Basically, uh it's it's, it's 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 part it's part it's part of the overall madness that we have here. In different countries, they've got they've got different madness. Like you said, they got different words. Yes, it's one thing with the Aborigines, it's another with the Pakistanis. It's this that 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 that.
1: Let me tell you, the Aborigines in Australia, their word. Their nigger is abo if you say nigger there it means absolutely nothing, nothing. but if you say abo that is that word and that's fighting and that's for aborigines and that is the most degrading thing you can call an aboriginal right i'm right. sorry go ahead yeah
0: so, it's, so it's, it's a matter of degradation it could be it, it, it could be porcupine it could Correct. be handkerchief you know uh it, it, it's just a kind of a, a human craziness um uh, here in part of the developed world and forced it's become also institutionalized. So the fact that young people are taking it and rebusing, it's gonna be this there's, there's no there's no happy ending. <laughs> there's no
1: happy no ending. there is a happy ending. It's us, yeah. our show. Oh if you like this show please subscribe please yeah. share. Like share please and subscribe. Like also we're told to say that but we really want you to do that because we really enjoyed doing this show. Uh, this is season two. We're starting to do it now two days before it comes out. So we'll be like topical. There were about eight other topics we wanted to talk about today. Oh, can I just squeeze one in? Sure. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry to me is like Abdul Jabbar. Lou Alcindor changed the game of basketball because of that son of a gun. I couldn't dunk in high school when I could dunk. They wouldn't let you dunk in layups. Okay, and when I sat on the bench, the finest thing you have is your little time was in layup line. And I wanted to dunk and I couldn't because it was illegal. The Kareem rule actually changed a sport deep. Guess what? Stephon Curry did it, too. There's no more tall guys needed. If you can handle that ball and you can shoot, you can play in the NBA. That boy has handles. He controls the ball like a wizard, Does, but he is the best shooter. That has ever gone through the NBA, and you know how you become the best shooter, right? It's, a, it's no, it's that curse word, practice a lot, Paul. A lot, a lot, Paul. A lot, a lot. When you're good, that's the thing. LeBron, Michael, Larry Bird, all of them who were great. While they were great, they kept trying to get better. They were not happy with themselves. True. So anyway. I think Steph Curry has changed the game of basketball, and the little for a long time. Remember, even when we growing up, the little guy you ain't got a chance. Then you had Muggsy Bogues, and you had a couple guys, and then the guy won Spud the Webb, dunk yeah. contest. Yeah, remember, remember he won the dunk contest. Who Spud was it? remember Spud Webb. So it was a it was kind of off center to see a small guy. And so it, Nate Robinson, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, Yeah. And then another thing with Steph Curry, you have a Kevin Durant who's a seven-footer guard, a seven-foot guard. Magic was 6'9", which was way too big back then. Right. Seven-foot handling the ball, shooting Coordinated. Now, everybody's got to be coordinated. You can't be big, lunky, dumb. No, no, they're gone. Right, yeah. Everybody has a seven-footer. Seven-foot means nothing unless you're really good. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, Paul, I think we've come to that time. Paul. I love you, man. And this show is the bomb. Paul, thanks for doing the show. We floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots rumble. (laughs) Thanks, Paul, for doing the show. All right. Thank you, Mr. Drew. And I'll talk to you later. See you later.